Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Um, today's podcast, we're going to be discussing um, a growing new industry within the UK's agriculture sector. And to do that, we're joined very kindly by Andrew Littler, who's the CEO of Vertically Urban. Andrew, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, no problem at all. Um, my pleasure. So we, I mean, the reason we're speaking with, with Andrew this, this morning is uh, his company, um, Vertically Urban, are currently on, on Cedars um, undertaking a capital raising round. We'll discuss that uh, later in the podcast. But to start off with, with Andrew, we're um, looking today specifically at uh, the industry of vertical farming. Now, for people that may not be familiar with, with the industry, what what is uh, the, the sort of basics of it and, and how is that um, operating in the UK at the moment? Absolutely. Well, currently, the UK is going through a very large trend of wanting to secure food supply. And that means that indoor growing is becoming more of a trend. Uh, we've seen in the last year alone, um, throughout the COVID period, uh, inquiries going from very small inquiries to very large inquiries to illuminate farms in the United Kingdom with um, digital lighting and all indoor farming requires digital lighting to do that. And the best way of doing that currently and efficiently and effectively is by utilizing LED technology. The um, farming sector as it is at the moment uh, is um, a bit of a hybrid of a mix of of two sort of zones. Uh, You've got your typical uh, glass house or greenhouse Uh, which are wanting to grow more of all year round and use something called supplemental lighting. And then you've got your indoor large farms growing. And what you're seeing is a a big increase in the sector of wanting to grow salads, leafy greens, microgreens, all in indoor farms, which are done hydroponically uh, mostly. And um, it's it's a very large uh, growing market at the moment, and we're seeing some very good uh, success in engaging with customers. So, um, just just looking at the industry now. So, with the indoor farming, what what's the main driver uh, of, of this? I mean, is it that um, there is an increasing demand for for, you know, for salads and and herbs and such that can be grown indoors, or, or is it a case that there are some issues with the supply side of things and the more traditional means that that is, is forcing people to, to look indoors. Is this more of a demand-driven market, or, or is it sort of issues with the supply? Well, I think we're we're not um, we're not growers ourselves, so it's it can be quite difficult to answer that clearly. But talking to our customers who are farms growing farms, they're seeing an increased growth from their customers of wanting to. Um, wanted to keep things a little greener is one of the things. So they wanted to grow locally and supply locally rather than importing. Uh, we import a lot of our stock from Europe uh, or our food sources from Europe, and they wanted to secure uh, food sources. Uh, food miles is a big issue. So the uh, issue of uh, 
Um, reducing that on the carbon footprint is also a big issue. And that we're told that the likes of the customer base of their customer base of supermarkets are wanting to uh, grow more uh, variety of crops to be able to supply uh, uh, the growing trends of of uh, veganism, for example, uh, and vegetarian um, taste. And also they're seeing that they're, with, with the looming Brexit, that there is a, a, an, a, an ideal opportunity to secure the supply chain as well locally. Okay, so currently, well, going back to 2018, it was estimated that the market was worth um, 1.7 billion. There are estimates that this could grow to nearly 10 billion pounds um, by by 2026. The the US and Japan have have really been leaders in this. I mean, where, where is the the UK in a global picture in terms of? its progression i mean is this something that's got a huge amount of of growth uh left in this industry here in the uk i think the uk industry is in its infancy uh, from what we're seeing it's in its uh, it's in the early stages if you go back to looking at over into the usa which is a big driving factor for example you've got uh, the likes of um jeff bezos uh from amazon and the softbank uh, investing over 200 million in U.S. startups into companies over there, um, you've got large companies such as Aerofarms and Plenty, who are in, in the U.S. who are uh, attracting very large investments into the sector in the U.S. And that's now filtered into the U.K., where a very large growing trend of customer bases are going from small um, startups from a few years ago into larger farms that are now growing uh, um, quite largely in terms of supply chain to supermarkets and in some cases technology uh, startups gaining large investment uh, capital investment to to grow these farms and some of the people we've been talking to over the last year have gone from either glass houses and moving into into sort of warehouse style indoor growing and some of those are scaling up due to demand and what we're seeing is that trend that's 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 happened in in japan and places like singapore and moved into the states is coming full circle into the uk and europe and is creating a a large demand for indoor sector farming and it and it just means that you can be more efficient in in water more efficient in your in your space per sort of indoor hectare growing and um all done safely and and pesticide free and that's a big big bonus for the uh, for the uk consumers so, I mean, to to your knowledge, Andrew, what what's the, you know, for a customer going into a, a supermarket, what's the visibility of whether the, you know, a, a particular product um, has been grown uh, indoors? I mean, are supermarkets making this something uh, that they want customers to be to be aware of, or um, you know, is it still something that that's being um, produced and, and you can't really tell the difference between where it's been grown and, and indoors. Just to just to give listeners an idea of, of the scale at the moment and how they can see it grow going forward, what they should be looking out for. Well, I think what you should be looking out for is the label. Um, if you walk into a supermarket today and pick a lettuce off the shelf, you can generally see the country of source or where it's come from. And I think that will change over the years to come. I think we're still in its levels of infancy where um, supermarkets are... are are still importing 
I think there's a, a change of cycle where that will change into uh, large-scale growers that are that are beefing up their production and their growing capacities, and eventually over the next 12 months will trickle into the supermarket shelves. And I think you'll see that from the source. I think surprisingly you'll see um, that if you pick up things off the shelf, you'll see the source moving from from imported from Morocco or Spain or wherever quickly moving into into sourced you know sourced in the UK or grown in the UK and that will be I think the key factors what you'll see to, 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 to see that sort of change in place okay fa- fantastic so let, let's focus now on, on vertically urban Andrew so where we obviously discussed very briefly at the beginning that uh, you're a specialist in, in the lighting side of things but where, where do you fit in the overall um supply chain and, and how how involved is vertically urban with the the production process so vertically urban is a, is a focused entry into the, the the lighting market for vertical farming and glasshouse farming we've seen a paradigm shift moving away from uh lighting which has been sort of uh traditional um hdi lamps or, or other types of standard lighting uh, solutions that have been around for years in glass houses growing, moving to, into LED technology. And the reason for that shift is that you're able to focus, focus photons of light where they're needed. So the amount of light where it's needed on a crop indoors safely in a low profile environment. Um, before um, you, you know this happened, you, you know we were depending on, on, on lots of hectares of greenhouses doing this. And in winter months, you'd see supplemental lighting or anything at all, um, trying to boost yields. And now what hap- what's happening with Vertically Urban, we're seeing a, a very big focus onto technical digital lighting um, being installed into vertical farms. And what we're able to do is to offer a very low profile fitting, which is only eight millimeters deep, um, which allows the grower to stack a lot higher. Vertical farms are layers of stacked uh, growing trays or growing systems, and they grow to certain heights, whether they're growing microgreens or growing leafy greens or salad. And what our product allows us to do is to allow the grower to stack a lot higher, in some cases getting a better yield per square meter. Uh, We're doing that by utilizing the best photon yielding LEDs that's available to us, with our own proprietary extraction techniques for photon extraction, coupled with our manufacturing technologies and control technologies so that you can zone, compartmentalize, and create different sectors within the growing area so that effectively you've got a full-grown controlled environment. And this sort of methodology comes inspired from sort of NASA uh, in the space station where they grow hydroponically in space station. This has now come down onto onto planet earth as it were and we're now seeing uh, this shift into this uh, new technology that's been around for now for, for for some years but it's hit the point where the return on investment is 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 good for uh, a ratio of growing to return investment for farms and we're seeing now urban farms growing uh, you're, we're seeing uh, um, smaller farms in in london taking advantages of spaces that need to produce in very tight small spaces uh, niche farms that grow locally to to attend to the local restaurant businesses and the local uh, uh, consumer base. And we're seeing very large farms that are growing around the UK um, that are going to be supplying su- um, supermarket chains. And where we fit in is providing a, 
a, a turnkey solution for the growers or the farmers to install a, a, a manufactured and designed in Britain product that is uh, revolutionary in its output and its design, um, very flexible in its format. What we're seeing is a lot of our a lot of our clients or a lot of our uh, partners that we're working with don't always want something that's off the shelf. Uh, the reason for this is because they're looking to create the next generation, the next level of lighting. Studies are seeing uh, wavelengths of light produce different flavors, uh, flavor enhancing technologies or techniques for growing. And we're also seeing um, farms or growers or designers um, creating a system that's flexible to create for the future. So you may see other crops coming in to be indoor grown. And what they're doing is adding a level that level of redundancy into their design so that they can switch on or turn on different grows of the month. Speciality crop that will that will come out or become more on trend with the consumer. And they've got to give a, they've got to provide that level of flexibility in a farm to do so. So what we're providing is that level of flexibility from the outset and showing people and showing uh, showing farmers how they can do that by either managing the, the expectation of what they grow or indeed creating levels of multi-channel lighting systems so that they can accommodate for whichever crop they want to grow in there. Okay, fantastic. So you're, you're on Cedars at the moment. You're, uh, you have a, a funding target of 300,000, which you're well on the way to, to meeting, not, not far off. So, so people that will be looking at, at, at investing uh, in, in yourselves through, through Cedars will always want to know what the competitive landscape looks like uh, in, in, in your industry. So Absolutely. You, you've obviously mentioned there that you, you offer bespoke um, solutions, but I mean, who, who else is out there offering similar things? I mean, is it a case that uh, you know the, the existing competitor is just very much sort of standard, um, you know, a standard lighting system? Um, or are there, are there actually indeed other people out there that are realizing this and sort of coming in uh, with bespoke lightings? What would your sort of competitive landscape look like at the moment? I think a competitive landscape, if you look at where we are today and look at where the industry's come from the last 10 years, you look at the companies that are players in the marketplace, such as GE and Signify, the lawyer, uh, the Helios Spectras and the Fluences of the world. They've all come from the industry and been in it for some time. What you'll notice from there is some of those names uh, are from the lighting industry and have a division for horticulture. And they're predominantly interested in selling volume and uh, and supplying into large-scale projects. But what what they seem to be able to offer is, is a product that's, that's essentially a standard product, which is box shift in volume. What we're able to do in the competitive landscape is offer a solution that is both standard and competitive with our European counterparts, but also we're able to offer a solution. What we're seeing is when you go to a lot of the growers, they don't they don't necessarily want what's available to them. They're looking for a a, a solution. And what we've got is a is what we call a sort of a, almost like a bit of a Lego box of kit of parts. We've got standard product, and within that standard product, we've got building blocks, so we can build different light levels or different spectrums within that form factor. But in some cases, we're also able to deliver a completely bespoke solution. And the reason for that, farms know are becoming to with their bioscientists, learning to know what they exactly want from spectrum wavelengths, from, from different colors, 
And they're now coming to us with a specification of wanting to work with us as a technology partner, as a design partner, and we're creating unique solutions for them where they can add value to their business, grow and add value to their solutions business or their farms, and and, and grow a unique offering which creates uh, in their um, in their system a unique offering, whether that's through uh, robotic uh, movement within the farms or whether that's through uh, having human intervention within the farms, and whatever you do in terms of the landscape uh, uh, in internally, there is a demand for either um, one a very very different a very equal split really from standard product uh, with a variation or custom solutions uh, that are completely designed and developed from the ground up with a, as a partner. And 50% of our, our pipeline today is coming from bespoke solutions because a lot of these companies are sort of technology companies and, and driving UK advancements and wanting to create their own solutions. And 50% are already in the industry wanting to, wanting to use the latest generation of technology, which vertically urban brings to the party. Now, what we also bring to the party is, is flexibility. And what a lot of the companies out there don't offer is a level of flexibility because they're into um, designing, developing systems that are more driven at, at volumes, where we're driven both at volume and custom solutions, which allows us to be allowing us or is still allowing us to get a foot in the door uh, and create a bespoke solution that's tailor-made for the project but also, it's also allowing us to get our standard product, such as our Horty Blade, which has multiple options of spectrum in an environment uh, in trials, which is then gaining recognition as a as a key product in the marketplace. And it's, we're very proud to say it's made in Britain. Lovely, lovely. So, Andrew, let, let, let's just uh, look at the, the financials now of, of, of vertically. Uh, and of course, it's very relevant to the, to the Cedars round. You're raising three hundred thousand. What is that going to be spent on? Where are those funds going to be allocated to? And what are the key targets and milestones investors could be looking for from you um, over the next sort of three to five years? So, so if we look at currently where we're at and as we've evolved through the Cedars um, engagement, um, we are at the moment um, when we've raised uh, hit our target. We're looking to increase our team. We know that we need to hire um, dedicated uh, sales team individuals to expand our horizons globally. We're already talking to customer base in the US and Canada, and talking to clients in in Switzerland and Sweden and the Nordics. And what we need to do, we need to expand our team with uh, with with. Uh, um, business development managers or, or account managers to deal with that and also to develop our, our international relationships with with partners or resale partners. Uh, we're also working very heavily with a, with a team in, in the Middle East. Um, as you can imagine, the Middle East is, is, is one of those places where indoor growing has to be done in a controlled environment because the desert heat doesn't allow to. Uh, so we're seeing some big demand over there, for example. Um, then we need to. We would like to move into more of our development and fine tuning for manufacturing. So we've got a few uh, a few new products that are in the pipeline of, of development uh, that address different sectors in the marketplace, which is also growing. And then we've got uh, our brand awareness. We are seeking to increase our brand awareness via trade shows, case studies, literature, brand awareness via opportunity, and and also you know 
articles and and uh, and promotion and our digital um, digital media or our digital social media as well. So those are the real um, areas of where we're going to in, in invest um, the the seed round into so we can grow our opportunities. And at the moment, we've got a pipeline of over of opportunities over thirty million pounds, uh, which at the moment we are on track to be um, securing between sort of three and five million pounds of, the, of, of order book in the new year, which would be fantastic, which would, I think, supersede our, our initial expectations. Um, and so we're, we're, at the moment, we're, we're looking to have a, um, a, a great um, 21. Uh, and uh, all the signs are looking very positive with some of the contracts and some of the, uh, the, the orders that we're, we, we've got on track at the moment for the new year. And co- hate to say, COVID hasn't stopped it. It's, it's accelerated it more than anything. We're one of the we're in one of these sectors where COVID hasn't had a negative effect on on our market. In fact, it's helped towards the boom of the indoor market marketing sector, uh, farming sector. Beg your pardon. And what we're seeing is that our inquiry levels have gone through the roof. Our engagement levels with our customers are fast being fast tracked. They are they're in demand to, to to increase their levels of farms, which is allowing our, our growth and our expectations to be uh, uh, to be somewhat at the moment conservative. But we're we're going to see rapid accelerations. What we see. Perfect. Th- thank you very much. So just just to finish off now, Andrew. Now with, with Sodas, of course, you're you're a, a private company, so there's no immediate secondary market. So investors will be looking. You know what your plan is for. Um, the future in terms of providing them with, with an exit. I mean, do do you think this is a business? Uh, you know, m- most businesses, private businesses, when they raise capital, look for a trade sale or, or it would be a listing. Um, I mean, what's your um, idea? And obviously, things can change, but at this point in time, what is your um, you know your plans and where would you like things to to go uh, well, for, for the business? Well, I think we've got three opportunities, exit opportunities, and those three. What one of those three will include a trade sale, an IPO, or a, a financial institution uh, may look to, uh, to to invest or or become partners or or buy. But I think at the moment we're so heavily focused on the raise and the growth of the business. I think things will take its natural course over the years. Um, but I, I can't uh, deny that one of those three opportunities will invariably come along uh, the way that the market's growing, the way we're growing. And I, and I would I, I would probably see uh, one of those three exits uh, being taken up. Fantastic. So, Andrew, thank you. Thank you much for being on the podcast today. Uh, more than welcome. Thanks for, thanks for having me. So, um. If you do check out the notes, you're listening to this, check out the notes to the podcast. There will be a link through to the Vertically Urban Cedars page where you can find out more information and um, make any allocations that you would wish to through the Cedars platform. So, Andrew, once more, thank you very much. Thanks, Jonathan. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk. 